where you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. While she drops another casual line. You're tuned into Casually Molly with Molly and Boogie. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie. Uh, for our previous listeners, again, welcome back. If you're new, just welcome. Thank you for casually being here. <laughs> um, I am a comedian and playwright based in St. Louis, Missouri, but I am very happy to welcome back the one and only Gwen Sunkel, everybody. Comedian Hi. extraordinaire. Hey. <laughs> so excited to be back on the podcast um, where I have to say best theme song in the business. Oh, thank you so much. Shout out to Darius Varner who wrote it. I, uh, we just wanted something kind of fun and peppy. It used to be a little bit longer and then I just ended up shorting it down just to get to the relax and rewind and all that kind of stuff. So thank you so I much. Uh, but speaking, oh, thank you. Uh, but speaking of things we love and we're excited about, uh, Gwen Sunkel, again, she is a comedian. She was on Casually Molly, uh, season five, episode nine, uh, joining us virtually from Indy, Indianapolis. But uh, things we're excited about, obviously, we love Gwen. She's funny. She's great. You know, she's a dog lover. It's fantastic. Uh, but let's talk about your comedy album. Tell us the title, the where should we find it, and how we got into getting a comedy album. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on to talk about it. Um, so I recorded uh, it at the White Rabbit uh, Cabaret in Indianapolis, um, which I, you know, one of my favorite venues just in the whole country. Um, a lot of, a lot of good people there. A lot of good people there. And then, um, you know, have room full of family and friends and folks who were really excited to see me succeed, which was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And um, the good folks at On Tour Records are, are putting it out. So um, they're going to, you know, they're working their behind the scenes magic as we speak to make it happen. Um, and it's going to come out uh, at the end of next month. Um, I don't have the exact date yet, but um, sometime around February 25th, because um, that's my 40th birthday. And I was oh. like, you know what? I want I want an album out on my 40th birthday. Hell yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, happy early birthday. Very exciting oh, for you. <laughs> Even though I won't be we'll saying see if it I again. Make it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will, girl. I'm gonna text you on that day and be like, you made it. Happy birthday. So all good. I love it. Um, let's talk about the title. Uh, how do you come up with your comedy or you see your comedy album title? And was it inspired by anything or a joke on the album? Yeah, so the album is called No More Tears, and um, there's a, a, it was kind of my favorite joke that I was telling at the time. Um, uh, it was, I ran out of my antidepressants the other day, so I just started drinking Johnson & Johnson's No More Tears shampoo, <laughs> and... <laughs> so that's kind of where it, it came from. <laughs> And, um, I love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think in a lot of ways, the album is is kind of about um, how, like, I just don't have any more tears or sadness about, like, all of the terrible shit that's going on in the world. You know, it's like it's like I, I, I've cried all I can about this. I am otherwise numb. Yes. 
I, so, I can definitely relate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So if we're not going to laugh at it, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. And that's like the beautiful thing about comedy is you can take, you know, really tragic feelings and emotions and you can turn them into jokes and make them funny. And I mean, I, I absolutely, that's a great joke. I'm, I'm so excited to listen to this album. Um, <laughs> yes. To give a background for people who haven't heard the original episode with Gwen, I got to meet you through a Zoom show. So we've never really met in real life, yeah. but I love that we're friends. It's great. Uh, yes. But yeah, you know, now that you've been performing live, what was it like back being in front of a live audience, especially uh, having your album being recorded? Yeah, it's um, so special to to get to, you know, do an album in front of, a, you know, a sold out crowd of, um, you know, your friends and family. Um, I think in, you know, if I'd been recording this kind of in the quote unquote before times, um, <laughs> I would have, um, you know, gone out on the road a little bit more and, and tried to um, work it, work the, the album out in front of some different audiences. Sure. Um, and I didn't have quite as much opportunity for that because, you know, it's been a little COVID-y. Yeah, right. And yeah. it's hard to, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to think about like leaving um you're home for you know two three weeks to go out and run an album um so i did it as much as i could and you know i it it was like i felt like it was the set of my life and that you know thus far thus far uh yes. and so i was really happy with how it turned out and and yeah it like i think sometimes we as stand-up comedians take for granted that we um we get to see like a live stand-up comedy show like you know, sometimes three, four, five times a week. And, you know, laughter is like so healing and like special. And to be able to share that emotion with like a room of people is so cool. And and I missed it so much over right. mm -hmm. like the time when we couldn't perform in indoors. Um, so yeah, I don't take for granted that um, that we get to do that again as safely as we can um and and that uh all those people showed up to be like part of that magic that night absolutely and i'm sure anything everything you do is magic and we'll get into other things that you do as well uh but oh, I, I don't know about that no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh like i said gwen that's why i love interviewing people because there's so many people i have on this podcast that impressed me you included which you know we've had a mutual friend joe bates on here and he talked yeah. about his comedy album and i asked him the same question and i was like oh my gosh i gotta ask gwen this too so you know making a comedy album it's a big you know it's a big thing especially being a comedian to have is this your first album that you've released as well yes yes it is. yes so you know having this be your you know your baby your first album that you've put out why choose this time at this point in your life to create an album like why not later or why not earlier when like how did you feel being like this is the time that I feel like all my material should be released in a recording in front of a live audience that is a terrific question um I don't know that I have a great answer for it um, <laughs> other than um you know as, as comedians we can we can like work on a joke forever you know you mm -hmm. could constantly be like you know trying out different wording and different tags and, um, you know, ordering your set in a different way and things like that. Um, and, um, I, the, like the kind of comedy I do is, is, um, 
it's pretty precise like the word choice is very intentional and um you know the even the gestures that i do it's like you know i i want it to look like it's the first time i'm doing it but it's not mm-hmm. um right. i and you know in fact it's like very calculated and thought out um and processed and everything so this was kind of a way to like you know just like put a really nice pretty bow on this like chunk of material yeah um yeah and then like to get to do you know kind of visuals and a theme with it as well like thinking about you know when i was like i said when i wrote that um shampoo joke it was like it's you know kind of one of my favorite jokes and i was like what if that was kind of like the whole concept of the album um was this just you know the the whole idea of like all this misery around us and yet we're still able to find reasons to joke and smile and have fun. Um, so, so yeah, it was, that was kind of, um, part of it. And then, I mean, I started doing comedy like five or six years ago as, you know, and it still is kind of like a glorified hobby for me. You know, I have another day job. Um, so like the idea that, I, as like just an average person off the street, could be putting out a comedy album at nearly 40 years old is as mind-blowing to me as it is to the rest of you. Um, uh-huh. And I'm I'm real stoked about it. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, I had no idea, like, you know, you're such a natural and I know you're like, you always, you know, Gwen is so <laughs> humble for people that are listening or watching this and um, I'll bring this up because I know he won't mind me saying this, but uh, I met Cody McQueen, who works at the Helium Comedy Club in Indianapolis, and he was here temporarily. Love Cody. Yeah, love Lightning Cody. McQueen. Yeah, Cody, Cody Lightning McQueen. Yes. yes. Oh, right. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Sweetest person ever. God love him. And I was able to meet him when he was here in St. Louis at Helium Comedy Club St. Louis. And when I found out he worked for the one in Indianapolis, the first name that came to my mind was Gwen. And I was like, oh my God. Like, of course he said yes. I was like, do you know who Gwen Sunkel is? He's like, oh my God. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, it was the cutest and like the sweetest thing. And he's like, you know, there's just not enough Gwens and this, you know, and I was like, I totally agree. So it's just amazing that I just like, you know, small world, welcome to the Midwest. I ran into somebody that was like, oh, I love Gwen, you know, so (laughs) love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Oh, Um, absolutely. (laughs) So yes, Cody had nothing but nice things to say about you, but I, he told me all about the scene in Indianapolis. So that's what I wanted to ask out of all the yeah. cities, you know, like New York, LA, Chicago, you know, I chose St. Louis cause I love doing comedy here in St. Louis, but uh, why Indianapolis? Like why stay and do your recording and pursuing comedy in Indy? Well, you know, like, like I said, this, is more of a glorified hobby for me. Um, you know, I, I want to be professional when I when I'm doing it, and I would like to get to the point at some point where I can like do comedy a little more full time. Um, but like, uh, my family all lives close to here, and I you know I like being able to you know pop over to my nephew's soccer game or something. Um, so that's why I enjoy living in Indiana, and you know the people are so nice here. You know, it's yeah. just. Um, talk about Hoosier hospitality and it really is a thing that um you know people from Indiana are are a special breed of weirdly nice 
Um, <laughs> so it's delightful. Certainly not for the weather. I'm certainly not here for the weather as we prepare for uh, whatever the snowpocalypse that is. Right. Yes. Coming <laughs> that I was pro I'm sure going to hit y'all as well. Um, yes. The, the other thing I, I love about living here, and I'm sure St. Louis is, is a lot of the same way, is like we're really so close to so many other big scenes. Like you drive four hours in any direction and you're, you know, in a, in an entirely new city, an entirely new scene. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't feel like you have to live on the coasts anymore to have, you, you know, it, there are enough flights and ways to do things over, uh, you know, the magic of Al Gore's internet that like, you just, you just don't have to physically like live in New York or LA to have a role in like producing comedy. Absolutely. And I, that's the thing when you're in the Midwest too, you really have such a closeness with people that are in your scene and your community. Um, yeah, was, yeah, absolutely. Which speaking of the Midwest, you were also recently here in St. Louis to perform at the flyover comedy festival. Uh, why don't oh you tell God, us yes. a little bit about that and uh, how your performance went? Oh, it was so much fun. It was a blast. Um, you know, the people who put the festival on did an exceptional job. Um, really, you know, everybody I felt very safe uh, COVID wise. So that was terrific. Um, and just so kind, you know, that feeding us great food and yes. all kinds of terrific perks. And the shows were a lot of fun and very well attended as well. Oh, yeah. um, so, so that was a blast. Yeah. So I had a, um, did a show over at the Urban Chestnut Brewery and then yeah. did um, one at the, the improv shop uh, the next night and just so fun. You know, comedy festivals, it's, a, it's always like a little bit of a like family reunion because yes. you see all of these people that like you only see when you come to their town or they come to your town or, you know, like us, maybe you don't even really know each other in person. You just know each other <laughs> from like shit posting on each other's Facebook like, comments. Hey, girl. Happy yeah, 40th hi. birthday and your album. Yay. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. And I stay, I got to stay at that weird um, hotel that had like the, the mm -hmm. gigantic uh, taxidermied bear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was very, it was like ye oldie hotel themed, like yes. kind of King Arthur's Court situation. Love it. Uh, and that was a blast. So. Very cool. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. King Arthur. That is so cool. I love that. <laughs> um, that is I so lovely things about St. Louis, the Flyover Comedy Festival. Shout out to them. Um, another yes. lovely thing about you, this has nothing to do with comedy. Uh, for those of you, again, if you didn't get to listen or watch to our previous interview with Gwen, um, for those who did, will probably remember this. Edna was one of our first dogs to make an appearance oh. on the Casually Molly podcast. I think, uh, yeah, Joe, I, I, not, again, bringing up Joe Bates, but his dog and your dog got a chance to be seen and uh, I love it Wally. I love it oh yeah it was hilarious I was like Edna stole the show unfortunately R.I.P. Edna but why don't you tell us about yes. the new dog that you have that you've rescued <laughs> <laughs> well you know I yeah I love being a senior wiener mom um so I adopted Sherman um, shortly before Edna left this plane, he is, he is also a wiener dog and, um, Sherman is like, 
your sassy grandpa who <laughs> is like, fetch me my freshest white new balances. <laughs> I'm headed to the riverboat casino to pick up the bitches. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. This is this is like his constant vibe is <laughs> that he's like staring you down, like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm too cool for this. Um, but yeah, he's a little meatloaf and he's a sweetheart and he, um, you know, has not replaced Edna, but certainly has, has made the transition easier. And yeah, so I was in the midst of, um, when I, after I had adopted Sherman moving into like a one story house yes. specifically for the safety of the dogs. <laughs> yes. I love it. I saw this on Facebook, but for anybody else who doesn't know. Tell us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I used to live in this house that was like 100 years old and the like only bathroom was up a flight of stairs. Um, mm -hmm. And so like, you know, little, little dogs like that cannot climb the stairs and they have to be carried all the time. And so I'm like walking with one under each arm and I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> we have to move to a whole new house. <laughs> and <laughs> so watch me rearrange my life for these... <laughs> For a collective 28 pounds of wiener dog. I would 1000% do this. I had, I think I told you this. I had a dachshund growing up too, a little wiener dog yes. named Rudy. And we like worshipped him. We gave him. So my mom and dad loved this dog so much. He was like this cute little, anybody that grew up with me knew who Rudy was. He was in car line. He was in everywhere. And he was black and brown. And oh. my mom was so worried about the dog being comfortable in the car that she got and this is like back in the day where you had to like uh -huh. order stuff out of a catalog like there wasn't amazon there was there wasn't, yeah. there wasn't anything you couldn't do that so my yeah, mom yeah. i remember her i don't even know where she got it was like some dog catalog that she signed up for and she's like that's it rudy needs a car seat and this dog <laughs> had an embroidered car seat that it would be still have it did. says rudy oh yeah and it had like a little drawer in it for his toys. And then it was like the sheep's wool. You could sit in that. And then it had like this like um this like gold material that was around the seat. Rudy. Oh. I know. Right Rudy would have gone to the casino with Sherman. He would have loved it. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Um, my favorite thing, I can just picture Rudy because my favorite thing about wiener dogs is like when they kind of lay on their side, they have that little bitty elbow that they kind of lean up against. It's like so cute, just like, hey, I know. hey girl, what's up? Yes. And I can just picture him in his gold, gilded car seat, <laughs> rolling up to pick you up from school. <laughs> It was crazy. Like, I, I have a joke about it in my set, but I'm like, this is how my mom ranked us, was that, like, my brother and I would be in the back seat, but Rudy was in the front, and he had a seat. Oh my God, I love it. I was like, um, literally, I was like, oh, I'm out of behavior. This is who she chose. It was, we, like, we, yeah, we loved Rudy. Uh, my dad was so sad when Rudy died that he put his picture in a frame. So Rudy's face is on the fireplace. Oh we go home it's like so like funny but so touching at the same time like he went out and got a frame and everything so i, I anyway i could go on for days but i love it i love it but i'm glad that sherman is adjusting and uh, is he loving he this is. one story house oh yeah had? he 
rules the roost now. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, I don't. Here's a, here's a question, Molly. Okay. Did, um, I Edna is my the second dog in my adult life that I have had pass away, and um, you know the kind folks at the veterinarian's office um, cremate them right up and put them in a little baggie and then put it in a little wooden box for you. And um, what am I supposed to do with all the ashes of my dead pets? I know. Where, have you put them somewhere or where, where are they currently yeah, right like, now? Yeah. So I like put their collars around the, the boxes and then I have them like set up on a little shelf. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I got a I got a 12 year old cat here. You know, Sherman already started out. Mm -hmm. nine years into the process yeah so um you, you know we're we're always ready for yeah. to, to take the next step in life um mm -hmm. when that time comes um but in the meantime <laughs> what do we do with all these cremains <laughs> of my pets i know my mom had rudy's and i think she dispersed of them somewhere like i think in a park that we used to take him and I think that was okay. Like, that makes I sense. think that was like her way of being like, okay, like this is where he always loved to be. And then it just became like, I know it sounds like very philosophical, but I think it just became like a part of the earth. And I say it like the okay, animals, not the dog, but you know what I mean. Like I think it, and I think <laughs> it was like philosophical in that way for her. Mm -hmm. But that's my best. We still have like he. We still have his little collar and everything. And now we have our beagle yeah. Polly, and you know Polly's been the love of my life for a long time too. So I'm like, oh, but for me, it's hard just because I, I love wiener dogs too, but I couldn't replace a Rudy. So I got a beagle. I think I just have to get a different breed every time just because I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. What are you thinking? <laughs> what do you think you're going to do? That's why I'm hesitant. Like I said, right now they're just stacked up on a shelf. And, um, you know, if I keep going through pets at this rate, I'm going to run out of room. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Now, have you used, just because I've never seen you live, Gwen, have you used any of this material in your comedy sets about your pets? Um, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> That'll be for the next album, I guess. There you yes, go. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what, I have to write a whole new hour of material. So I gotta get on something here. Absolutely. I was so tired of telling those jokes, though. I'd been telling them for so long, mm -hmm. felt like. <laughs> It does that. And even when you're rewriting and you're still, and it's just like what you said, like in comedy for people who like aren't as familiar with it, you do kind of do a lot of rewrites and changes to jokes throughout the years. But um, I loved your comparison, by the way, going back to that is when you were like, oh, I put a bow on yeah. my work and now I'm going to present it. But, you know, how does it feel now? You're going to maybe start working on some new material now that you've got this album out, you know. Do you, are you thinking that forward that far right now? Or are you kind of just going to celebrate and the, you know, celebration of releasing the album? You know, where do we see Gwen going from here? <laughs> no, definitely. I'm, I'm working on new stuff because um, I kind of feel like, you know, once the album comes out, I don't want to do all of that material on stage because I want to be able to say like, hey, if you liked my set tonight, please buy my album. Um, and then, and then you can hear, uh, an hour's worth of jokes that I didn't do. Yeah. Um, so that, and that's generally like kind of how comedians do that. You know, it's like, okay, once you put it out on, on an album, like you're, you're not doing those jokes anymore, um, live necessarily. 
Um, I'm not going to be able to pivot like right away to having a whole brand new hour of material, um, right. yeah. but I've been working on some new stuff, but yeah, it was a big, um, transition to go from working on the same stuff that I felt very confident with. And I was just like perfecting, you know, little, little pieces of it to now where I'm back to like, this is just, a broad stroke of an idea and I don't have any punchlines or like, <laughs> uh, you know, um, real anchor points to the joke yet. And, and I don't feel confident in it. And so it, um, it, that's like it, like an interesting feeling that I haven't like necessarily felt in several months. Absolutely. You know, cause I like for went, you know, writing anything new to like, perfect what I was working on. Yeah. But so doing some fun stuff now, um, work, you know, going back to open mics, um, with COVID it's hard to, you know, just, there just aren't as many open mics. Um, is that that way in St. Louis as well, or actually I will be honest with you for a while it was like there, and there are okay. some mics that are still on hiatus here where like, so mm. I, I run that St. Louis independent comedy page. So Chris Sear was yeah. running it for a minute and then he's like, Hey, can you run it? I'm like, sure, that's fine. And I, it, I like doing it just because it keeps me in check of what going, what's going on, what mics are happening. And for a minute, yeah. yes. Like I felt like everything I was putting up there was like on hiatus and I still have like some venues are still like, Hey, we just don't feel safe, you know, being that way right now. But now yeah. I think it's just like people have been so cooped up and they're like, all right, I'm starting an open mic. We're doing this. Like this is happening. So there's a lot of messages of like new things that I get of like, oh, there's a new mic here. Or there's a new mic happening here. So there's, I think it's not that there's less. I think there's just a rebirth of there were older ones that maybe might not be coming back, which is kind of sad. But then at the same time, yeah. there's some new ones that you're like, oh, I had no idea this existed. And, you know, we still, the clubs too, like we have a new funny bone in St. Charles, just right up the street from my house. And they're starting oh, right a mic too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like still stuff. I think Helium Comedy Club, just with um, COVID, you know, spiking and everything in mm -hmm. January, they're going to kind of wait until this month to, to start doing the open mic again and more towards the end of February. So everybody, everybody's just doing the best that they can in, as Definitely. I'm sure you know, with the restrictions and the things that we have in place. So I can yeah. totally relate. And then I think like many times what we do when we have things like this happen, there's a rebirth of new concepts and new life that mm -hmm. maybe we didn't see prior and are excited to see now yes so that's yeah. my that's my philosophical take on this <laughs> yeah no i like it i like it a lot um i hope we get we get a couple more um coming back here in indianapolis we've had um a couple that were like weekly that have gone to every other week or like mm -hmm. monthly um which is i think is great you know people need to find balance and um running a weekly a weekly show is like stressful you know uh to have to be somewhere every week and, and stuff so um yeah as long as people find in balance i'm all for it oh absolutely i mean even with this podcast i remember before the pandemic i was like it's weekly i'm getting a guest every week and you go in with like such like oh, okay and now i'm like oh it's every yeah. week is fine and you know i feel yeah. like i have more balance with it so i love that you used that um, speaking of shows, so you post a lot about this, um, the Sunday show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because it seems like an indie staple. 
Yeah, the Sunday show is terrific. It has been around for eight or nine years. It's been, you know, it's a weekly showcase going for eight or nine years is, is pretty, is pretty um, impressive in the world of comedy, I would say. Um, so it uh, started out rocket ship comedy, um, doing it kind of once a week. It has been at now... Um, this is our sixth venue, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, th things close, things move on, things do what that they happens. do, and uh, that's yeah. fine. But comedy, comedy rages on. Obviously. Very true. Yeah. Uh, so we are, we are, I think, at our sixth venue, and we're at Black Circle Brewing now, which which is really um, a perfect fit for us. Um, Let's Comedy Indie uh, is a group that kind of came on uh, a couple of years ago with. Um, doing a lot of the booking and, and promoting and stuff too. So it's a lot of fun. It's, um, you know, we all love comedy and love being able to like put our friends up as they're coming through town. You know, it's not a show that, uh, it's free to the audience always. So that that's terrific. Um, so, uh, we, we always tell people, you know, it's not the show that you like plan your whole tour around, but, um, like, like we were talking about earlier, you know, with Indianapolis being, you know, within like a three to four hour drive of, you know, six or eight different comedy scenes, it's a good place to be like, oh, well, we can swing through here on a Sunday on our way to wherever we're going next. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I always get so excited because then what's kind of cool about that show is I'll recognize people that I know from Anna and I'm like, oh, there's one of my friends. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's a good thing to see. Um, but you you do a great job with posting stuff that are always kind of creative content. And one of the things, too, I will compliment you on is uh, Wigs Wednesday. Uh, for those ah, who aren't Wigs familiar Day. with it, Wigs Day. There we go. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> so um, every Wednesday, I post a picture of an animal in a wig um, with some sort of, you know, fake hair related pun. Um, and I'm very transparent that I don't take or make any of these pictures of animals and wigs. I am strictly Googling the term animals and wigs uh, and picking one in, in that I can make a caption about. Um, but uh, yeah, just one, I love wigs. I love fake hair. I love, you know, just really change up your look in, in a blink of an eye. And then um, animals and wigs just delights the ever-living piss out of me uh, so uh so it started out as kind of thing where i would just do it like occasionally like oh on a wednesday here's an animal in a wig and then right. people really um were drawn to it and appreciated it and so this is the only consistent content i've ever put out <laughs> like a comedian or creator it's like once a week i will post someone else's picture of their animal in a wig. <laughs> I love it though. It makes me so happy because like I'll get up in the morning oh, and it's like you. I'll be brushing my teeth or getting a coffee or something. And I love animals and I was a theater major. So I think all that stuff is super cute. So I was like, oh, yes. this is, I just wanted to know like what, I was like, I don't think I've ever asked her this. Like what was behind it? Cause at first I thought it was all, cause you're like, I only rescued one. I was like, oh, are these all her rescue animals? And she's like, oh, here's <laughs> No, people all the time are like, oh, how many pugs do you have? Because a lot of the pictures are pugs and wigs. And I think yeah. it's because um, 
like pugs will just sit there and let you do anything to them <laughs> or and they're very food motivated so yes. i think people have all these like celebrity pugs that they can you know bribe um to sit still with a wig <laughs> on their head um and i was like no 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 no, i don't have any of these dogs myself um yes <laughs> just taking, taking their pictures so that's a great idea though um I love it. It's good content. Keep doing it. It's my favorite Thank point of the you. week. One of my favorite, <laughs> top favorite, top five. Um, another thing too, before we head out of here, uh, thank you for your time. This has been awesome. Um, oh my I gosh, it's been a blast. I'm so oh my God. It's like literally gone so quickly. I'm like, oh my God. But why don't you, before we do anything, before we casually ask you what you're going to do next and what advice and all this stuff, uh, for your album, No More mm -hmm. Tears, what yes. is one thing that you can tell our audience or listeners or watching that we should expect from the album? Ooh, I love it. I love it. Um, so the vibe that I like went into when I like um, was putting it in, in the order and getting like the visuals and everything together was I said, I want to like, if Lana Del Rey made a comedy album, what would it look and sound like? And so that that is the, that is the vibe that I was going for with it, and um, yeah. So I hope that's what I achieved. Absolutely, I love. So if Lana you've ever Del Rey. wondered, if you've ever wondered what uh, if Lana Del Rey got real unhinged and stopped writing uh, sad girl music about California and drugs, and instead. <laughs> started making jokes about being overweight and single uh and <laughs> that's what this album would be like oh my god that's great oh i'm so excited i can't <laughs> wait i cannot wait to hear this i mean i was so excited already but i that is a hilarious comparison very excited about that <laughs> Um, the other thing, which I know is a very cliche podcast question, but I get so many good answers out of this question. It's hard not to ask it. Um, mm -hmm. What is some casual, I think you might've said this on your last episode too, but uh, now that you've made an album and everything and we're, you know, really reaching some heights here, uh, what is some casual advice that you would uh, either give yourself as an up and coming comedian that uh, you know now that maybe you didn't know early on? Uh, do, um, comedy and, and material and make art that, that feels like genuine and special and, um, brings you joy. Um, because it, for whatever reason, sometimes stand-up comedians are like not the most positive people in the world, <laughs> um, can be a little bit pessimistic. And so it's very easy to get caught up in some of that, like, um, you know, sad person stuff um, and, and, and let it feel more like, you know, a job than a, than an art or something. Um, or like, oh, I'm not getting as much success as somebody else or something. Um, and, and really and truly, like the only person you're in any kind of competition with is yesterday's you. You know, other people's success is is not your failure. Um, so you have to decide, you know, one, you know, what kind of comedy you like and you want to do and you want to put out um, and then define your own success. You know, um, it, it's not for some people, it's going to be, you know, putting out an album for other people. It's going to be, you know, how many shows they can get on or whatever other people it's going to be like 
my grandma, I made my grandma laugh. Uh, and, and all of those are totally like valid and, and wonderful. And the world needs your voice and your art. Um, you know, whether you're making a career out of it or not, uh, as long as you're funny, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like as long as you're funny, yeah, you're if, making people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not funny, then quit comedy. And right. <laughs> please stop. We can only take so many open mics, but the whole thing is that, uh, I, I think that's a really beautiful thing that you brought up too, just because I was just talking with somebody yesterday about finding your voice. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, at least for me, and I know that some people will, who are doing comedy and stuff can relate Sometimes you're not really doing your voice. You're like, oh, I could be this person because I admire this person and I like this person. And when you kind of find out who you are with maybe your influences and stuff that you've used in the past, mm-hmm. um, it's a really beautiful thing. and It's very authentic to you. And I bring this up because that's something I see a lot in you, even with our, our Zoom show. Um, Gwen stood out because she had, and I mentioned this on the other episode, I think as well, you had this golden girls background. Like I just had (laughs) like very Molly. I went to the dollar store and I bought some like dollar shower curtain that looked cool and just hung it up in my loft on the wall. And Gwen had the golden girls. I mean, RIP Betty White. Yours looked amazing, but it was your personality, the background. I'm like, we're on Zoom and I'm having so much fun. And uh, I loved you were talking, (laughs) (laughs) you were talking about, um, oh God, and maybe this is on the album and I hope I'm not giving too much away for it, but there was a joke you had where you were like, oh my God, like, because you work in the medical field and you're like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, there was, you know, people were so excited. They were thanking us. Like there were planes that were flying (laughs) over. And she's like, now- The blue angels flew over the goddamn city to thank me for how hard I had been working. (laughs) So good. I'm like butchering it, but you can do it and kind of explain (laughs) it. But it just, oh, it made me laugh. It was your first joke. It made me laugh so hard. I was like, all right, I'm a Gwen fan. This is fantastic. Oh. But yeah. <laughs> no, um, um, Molly is really selling her uh, dollar store background short. It was um, very impressive. This was very early days of Zoom where, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people didn't have a, a, a setup or a background. Um, as you can see uh, from where I am sitting in this unpacked room in my house, uh, uh, un-unpacked, uh, very packed room in, the, in my house. Um, packed, I, but unpacked. I loved it. Packed, but unpacked, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, no, it, it looked really nice and I appreciate the, the attention to detail. Oh, thank just you like, so just much. like, you know, your whole look tonight and everything and like, like, you know, I know that it's called Casually Molly, but uh, the attention to detail suggests otherwise. Oh, my God. It makes me feel so good because I have had this dress since high school, and I just threw, like, <gasps> a skirt on. <laughs> what? Fitting into a dress from high school? I know. Well, it stretches. So, I mean, if, if you bought stretchy material in high school, you'll be just fine. You won't have to do too much shopping. <laughs> if you were like me and you're like, I'm just going to get it because it's, like, comfy and it's stretchy, it's, it's going to fit. Some things rip after a certain point, but some things like this one from H&M still 
are intact. So. And did good. you buy like one in every color? Because oh no, like, oh oh no, you're, you're, that was not your. Deal. I am no. my favorite color is red. So if there was something oh, that was okay. all red, now I will tell you, it's stuffed into a skirt though. It used to be a dress, but now I'm wearing it as a sweater dress slash shirt. <laughs> Okay. So that's all okay. good. <laughs> yeah. I, like I was it. like, you've got like any it. fashionista tips over there in Indy? Oh, oh no. Well, like I said, I my <laughs> big fashionista tip is I find one thing that I like and I buy like six of them in because as if they're going to stop making, you know, three quarter length sleeve black cardigans <laughs> to wear to work or something like this one really fits me. I better get a bunch of them. You know, <laughs> like, I've done that, though, with sweaters, sweaters and tank tops. I think of yeah, that yeah. yes. You get something you like and you're like, ooh, because <laughs> next season you might not be able to find it. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of things that we like, uh, next month, um, No More Tears comes out. Gwen Sunkel at Gwender Woman. Can't wait. Uh, we'll make sure to, if you follow at the Casually Molly podcast, as well as the Casually Molly podcast on Facebook, um, either one, we'll make sure that we share all of Gwen's album information. Uh, Gwen, why don't you tell us to like social media? Obviously we can see your tag for at Gwender Woman, but where are some good places that we can find you? Yeah. So, um, Twitter, Instagram, um, uh, I always tell people to follow me on TikTok for dating advice because I'm not on TikTok. Uh, so I don't have any <laughs> dating advice for you. Um, but you can also um, see my mugs sometimes on the um, An Evening with the Authors Instagram page, um, which is a, a show where we pretend to be fake authors who've written fake books and we're reading an excerpt from them. Uh, and then rocket ship comedy, um, at rocket ship comedy. Um, we're part of the crew with let's comedy indie who puts on the Sunday show. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, we always thank ask, you. Oh yeah, no problem. And again, thank you so much for coming back on and I'm so excited for you and this is going to be great. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, I I love it. What we I always what I always love to ask too is what are you gonna do now now that our uh, casually Molly episode is over? Um, they put all of RuPaul's Drag Race on Hulu, and I've been doing they a rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm probably gonna go put on some comfy pajamas, pop some popcorn for Sherman, and watch um, <laughs> reruns of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Very cool. I think, yeah, I think after this, I'm just going to casually go home and I've been watching, a, I love The Real Housewives, so I'm on episode three of The Reunion, so I think I might Ooh. go put on some pajamas and I also have popcorn to pop and I'm going to just see, you know, what happens at the end between, uh, if anybody watches it, Kenya Moore and Portia Williams. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Ooh. I was like, hopefully there won't be too much beef, but I feel like there's going to be, so it's all good. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the point of those shows is you, you want the beef? Like, oh, it's, absolutely. They're not that interesting. <laughs> it's like, oh, rich women, they're just like us. <laughs> you know? Unless I don't... they're fighting with each other. Oh, absolutely. Good. I think that's what it is, Gwen. I tell people, I'm like, well, I watch it because it's like, I mean, it's mindless, so it like takes your brain out of something. But 
I laugh because I can go and do laundry and stuff and go around and I don't miss anything. I'm like, oh, fighting again. Oh, still upset. So, yeah. And they're going to have like three recaps yes. um, somewhere, <laughs> you know, before you go to the commercial. When you're back from commercial, when the yeah. next episode starts, <laughs> before the reunion. So you're never going to miss anything. No, that's why I, I like RuPaul's Drag Races. It's, you know, very formulaic. Yes. I always know that... Um, um, you know, what, what she's going to say and mm -hmm. what to expect. Oh my God. And I now need to do a rewatch because it's been like advertised to me in my algorithm. Obviously there's like RuPaul's Drag Race is on Hulu. I'm like, oh, I got to watch it. So maybe after, yes. after I finish episode three of the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion, I will then transfer over to RuPaul's Drag Race. So one of us, one, one of, of us. us. <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, love you. Can't wait to hear no more tears. Thank you so much. And then um, on my way to Ohio, I'll have to message you and maybe I'll make a quick stop in Indy or something. So <laughs> please do. I would love that. Oh my yes. gosh. Can't yes. wait. All right. Bye friends. Everybody look forward to Gwen's album. <laughs> seem to get right my vision is so damn cloudy with no end inside trying to find my way through somebody come take my hand Ooh, no, no. these days been so long i can't even think straight every time i dream you fade away Going through the same routine, yeah. Going through the same routine. I'm crying for some change. Same thing. Oh.